Morning. It's good to see you all. I ask you, if you will, take your Bibles open with me to Exodus chapter 20. And a few weeks ago, we began a series of messages uh, with the Ten Commandments. And today, we're looking at the Third Commandment. And uh, I am uh, glad to be walking through this. I tell you, just in the study of it, uh, it, it, it challenges you because you think a little more about the commandment and you realize it's much bigger than most think. Um, we began a few weeks ago with the first commandment. Uh, you shall have no other gods before me. And with that commandment, we see there that it sets clear who we should worship and uh, lets us know who we should not worship. There's no other gods before me. I am the only one that you worship. And then we looked a couple of weeks ago at uh, the second commandment. And the second commandment uh, helps us to see how we worship the one true God. Uh, he says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or on the earth. Do not imagine God in a way. An image that you carve begins in your mind. Do not imagine God in any way other than God has imaged himself. He created us in his image. His son is the exact imprint of his nature. It is God who images himself. We are to worship him as he tells us to worship him. Today we look at verse 7 of Exodus 20 and take up the third commandment, and it kind of goes back to who we worship. He says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Uh, the God we worship this commandment is pointing out is holy and is to be set apart. God is holy and he is to be set apart. Do not take my name in vain. In instruction through Moses to Aaron, God has the Lord speak to Aaron. And he wants him to let him know and speaking to him about acceptable offerings and so forth. And in Leviticus twenty two thirty one, he concludes his instruction with this. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. And you shall not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. Did you hear that? And you shall not profane my holy name. Why? For what purpose? 
so that I may be sanctified, set apart among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. If you profane my name by breaking my commandments, then you're teaching them to do the same, and my name is no longer set apart. I am no longer set apart among the people. God is to be considered holy. He's to be considered holy in the way we speak, the things we say, the things we profess, the oaths that we take. God is to be considered holy in all of our conduct as we conduct ourselves. This commandment relates to that. The implication of this commandment is that God has claimed us as His own and the responsibility that we have is to treat Him as holy. I want us to consider that and I want us to answer a question today. How do we take God's name in vain? How do we do that? And not only that, what's the penalty or what's the consequence of taking God's name in vain? How do we do that? And what's the consequence of doing it? So, two things. So first, I want us to look at this. The name of God and its abuse. That's the first way I hope to answer the question. The name of God and its abuse. The abuse of God's name. Or the misuse of God's name. And then the second point is God's warning about misusing His name. What's the consequence? So those are my two points. The name of God and its misuse. Uh, this commandment here, it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Uh, we need to see here, first of all, that it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God. This is God's name. Uh, he points that out. We need to see what it's saying about God's name. What is, uh, who are we talking about here? What is it about God's name that we need to recognize? It's saying this, don't take up God's name wrongly. Why not? Because He's holy. Because He is set apart. Because His name is holy. What is it that uh, uh, Moses asked uh, God when, uh, when they were... Yeah, all the stories just got mixed up in my head. What is it when, uh, that, that Moses... I don't even remember where I was going with that, so I'm going to keep moving on, okay? God's name is holy. 
And we need to see that God uh, is recognized as one who is set apart. Don't take up God's name wrongly. We're in Job in Sunday school this morning. And do you all remember uh, one of the things in chapter 42? And I know all of you are, are not in chapter 42. But what is it that God said to Job's friends? I'm angry with you because you have not spoken rightly about me. When we uh, take up God's name, we need to understand how is it that we do that? How do we take it up? Well, we take up God's name in speech. We take up God's name in writing or any use of God's name. We shouldn't claim God's name unless we are treating it with reverence. God said to Moses, I tell you, tell him this, I am who I am. That is his name. I am who I am. He's speaking of his being. His name is identified with his being and who he is and his nature. And all the attributes of God are tied up in his name. We're not to take up God's name unless you treat it with reverence. For us, this is primarily to profane language. I mean, that's what we think of, right? I mean, I'm looking at a generation, okay? Some of you, all right? Some of you look a little bit like me. You have no hair or gray hair or something like that. And perhaps some of you younger ones have heard this too. But man, when I was growing up, I tell you what, you didn't say OMG. You didn't even say gosh. You didn't say, oh, geez. Because it was short for Jesus. Man, we got in trouble for that all the time. Did you? Some of the older folks going, yep. And today, it's just common language. And you say, well, what is that? Well, you're taking up God's name, and you're using it for worthless things. It's, it's, it's meaningless. And so, often we think of it that way. You know, for the Jews, uh, they would not use his name or his titles in a way that would bring dishonor to God. Even today, many Orthodox Jews will not write the name or title of God in order to avoid defaming his name in some way. So we need to understand that the name of God is associated with his being. I'm not sure my name is going to go all the way into eternity. Okay? You see, God's name is from eternity past into eternity future. His name never changes. I'm not sure that I'll have the name Ricky Stanley Dees Sr. when I arrive in glory. You say, boy, that was 
Probably a family name. No, I was named after little Ricky Ricardo on the Lucy Show. Nothing special about my name. Nothing at all. But there's something special about the name of God. It is an eternal name. How do you handle something like that? You handle that with reverence and all. You don't handle it in a way that is flippant and useless and of no worth. That's what vain means. And so we, we look here and we, we, we see, he says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. This word take, you shall not take, it's take up. You've heard me using that, take up. It's courtroom language. Uh, it, to take up the beginning of understanding this commandment is to understand that at its heart, we are being told not to take up God's name in an oath in vain. Why? To avoid harming the reputation of God. To avoid harming the name of God because of a false oath. This is a, a command to protect the name and reputation of God by the way we take it up, by the way we use His name. We use God's name in jokes and in astonishment. when it should be used in reverence and awe. We swear. You say, God is my witness. Well, if you say that, you better live up to that. So when you're in court and asked to take an oath and you say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, you should keep that oath. You've made that oath of truth. What if they don't say that? Because, you know, there may be some courtrooms that they don't, they don't say, you know, so help me God. What if they don't say that? Well, are you a Christian? Tell the truth. Another way we need to see this, because God's name is associated with his being, with his person, with who he is, is if we claim to be a child of God, then live as if we are not a child of God? You're taking God's name in vain. 
If you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, but you don't live in that way, you're taking God's name in vain. You're misrepresenting what it means to be a child of God. God giving His name to us is a special relationship, don't you think? I mean, child of God. Not by birth, but by new birth. I'm a child of God. It's a special relationship. We call Him Father and He calls us child. He's given us access to His name. God's name stands for His reputation. When we use it wrongly, whether it's in speech whether it's in writing, or whether it's in our living, we bring His name disrepute. When a father sends his son out into the world, bearing his last name, in many ways the father's name is on the line, isn't it? Now, you say, well, They may not even know my father. No. But by your conduct, by your words, and by those things, guess what? They see your upbringing. And it reflects back on your home. You see, God's name is eternal. It's not like our name. God's name reflects who He is. Not merely is that's God over there, but His name speaks to His authority and His being every way. And so to use God's name carelessly, is to take God's name in vain, to live our life saying, I'm a Christian, and live our life in a way that does not reflect the Word of God, nor the God who saved us. We take His name in vain. So if you've trusted in Christ, and you're a part of His church, and you've uh, been baptized, you were baptized in the name of the Father. Did you get that? You were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You were baptized into His family. He adopted you. And He gave you a new name. You're professing His name. If God gives you His name, yet you live in a way that dishonors that name, you are breaking the third commandment. You're breaking the third commandment. Kind of like, well, you know, how far does that go? Well, are you going to 
walk willfully in disobedience and keep walking that way? You're breaking the third commandment. This is incredibly relevant today because, man, there are churches all over that are proclaiming a gospel that demands absolutely nothing of those who call on the name of the Lord. When the Bible tells us repeatedly, over and over again, that those who are in Christ are a new creation. Those who are in Him, who believe in Him, ought to walk as He Himself walks. He is the example of what we ought to be. We are being made into the image of His Son. We are walking and living toward that. He's the goal. He's the prize. And He is the example of our living. So we are called as believers in Jesus Christ to obey and follow Him. I read from a text earlier in Ezekiel chapter 36 during my pastoral prayer. And there it says in Ezekiel 36, we find in verse 19 that he said, I scattered them. God said, I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed through the countries in accordance with their ways and their deeds. I judged them. I exiled them. But when they came to the nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name that people said of them, these are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of His land. These are the people of the Lord, and they had to go out of His land. Evidently, they didn't correct them. Because why did they have to go out of their land? Out of the land that God had given them. Why was it that they had to go? Because they had rebelled against God. They had walked in disobedience. They had turned to other gods. You shall have no other gods before me. They worshiped the idols of the land. You shall not make for yourself a graven image. And they defamed my name. If you miss the first two commandments, you are sure to break the third one. And so he says, they dishonored my I mean, they didn't say, hey, you know what? We disobeyed God. We deserved what we got. Our God is holy. And we were disobedient. We deserve this. And so we pray every day asking God to forgive us. And we turn to Him and we cry out to Him. And we look for ways that we can worship Him while we're in exile. Where the synagogue came from, by the way.
But they didn't do that. So what did God do? He said, it's not, in verse 22, it's not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord. That's the important thing, declares the Lord God when Through you, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And be careful to obey my rules. (laughs) God's way of protecting His own name is redemption through the cross. The gift of the Spirit. And He guides us to obey Him by His Spirit, by His Word. God said, Israel, you proclaimed, profaned my name. Back in Exodus chapter 7, it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't use it in worthless ways. Why? God's warning about misusing his name comes there in the second part of verse 7. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. If you misuse the name of God, you are guilty of breaking this commandment. It tells us, this commandment tells us that God will judge those who are ultimately hypocritical in the use of God's name. If we take up His name, but do not take up the reality of His name, we profess His name, but do not honor His name by obedience, we take His name in vain. If we say that we have tasted grace, but we have not tasted grace, then we've taken His name in vain. And for all those who take up the name of Christ, they profess Him, they claim Him, but they do not love Him and trust Him. They do not rest in Him alone for salvation as He's offered in the gospel. They have taken up His name in vain. Perhaps some of you sitting out here today have professed His name. And you're faithful to church. And you're faithful in a lot of different ways. But once you leave this place, all bets are off. I'm doing what I want to do. 
I'll keep going to church because, you know, it's the right thing to do. And you profess Jesus, but you don't honor him. He says, I will hold you as guilty. You might fool me, and you might fool everybody in here. You may say, well, the church hasn't called me yet. They don't, they don't know I profess Jesus. They don't know that I do all this. You may fool us, but you'll never fool God. He will hold you guilty of profaning his name. I'm so thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you, when you get right down to it, we still find ourselves breaking this commandment. Sometimes in speech, sometimes in the way we live, and we don't do honor to God. But I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law of righteousness and the righteousness of God. I'm so glad that I trust in Him, and He's able to lead me and lead you into righteousness. I'm so glad that he gives us the great kindness of repentance when we fail and we fall and we break the commandments. I'm so glad that God has given us these commandments that we could see this is God, this is the character of God, this is the will of God, this is the desire of God. Walk in this way. And we discover, I can't. And he says, yeah, but I can make you. Look at my son. And we trust in Jesus and he saves us. And then we continue to grow in Christ until the day of glory. You know, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus had his disciples go and get a colt, bring it to him, and he rode into Jerusalem. I mean, there he was, sitting on a donkey, just riding into Jerusalem. Man, the crowds got all excited about Jesus coming in because he had done all these fantastic things, man. He had, uh, he, he had opened the eyes of the blind. He had made the lame walk and the deaf hear. Dead had been raised. His teachings were authoritative and like none that anyone had ever heard. And so his disciples and the people around him gathered and they began throwing down palm branches and they began saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A week later, those same people were saying, crucify him, 
Crucify Him. Crucify Him. We can't praise God in one moment and then defame His name. We're the children of God. He calls us to make much of His name. And so don't use it flippantly. Don't use it in uselessness. So well, all my friends say this, and they just kind of got to the habit. Break the habit. If you take up God's name, take up God's name to glorify Him. Take up God's name to encourage someone. Take up God's name to make known the gospel. But don't take up God's name in useless babble. God said, I'm not going to hold that guy guiltless. Well, we've talked about this and we got to go back because it says there, you shall have no other gods before me. And like I said earlier, if you miss that one, you won't get the third one right. And if you miss the second one, you don't get that one right, you won't get the third one right. God will be no more than a punchline and is no more than a punchline to many, many who claim the name of Christ. It's so important for us to recognize the holiness of God. It's so important for us to see the goodness of God. It's so important for us to recognize that Jesus pointed us into a way that we would look to the name of God as a treasure and a pleasure to be in the household of God, to be part of the family of God. There is no other name. Almighty fortress is our God. I mean, His name is great. And so we exalt Him and we lift Him up. I, I love, sometimes I'll stop singing down here, okay? Because when I'm singing, I can't hear y'all singing, and I stop singing to hear you sing. Because you're singing about the name of God and you're singing as the children of God and you're encouraging me as I listen to you sing. Because I think you mean it. And it encourages me. Why? Because you're demonstrating I love the name of God. My encouragement to you, Christian, those of you who profess Jesus Christ, my encouragement to you is to consider how do I revere God's name? How do I reverence God now? How do I make God's name holy among the people around me? The first thing is don't use it wrongly. The second way is use it to encourage 
to spread the gospel, to build up hope in the hearts of believers. Make much of the name of God. Let what you say of God match the fact that his name represents his being eternally forever. Let's pray.